Right, welcome back everyone. I'm your host Ryan and welcome back to the podcast. It is a weekend episode today, so we're going to have a lot of fun. I Hopefully we'll have a guest joining me very, very soon. Uh, I just need to get him online and hopefully he will be here to attend. So I hope you guys t- enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you guys in the episode. How you been, mate? I've been pretty good. How about yourself? I've been doing alright, mate. I've been alright. How's your podcast been, mate? It's been very good, you know, like six months of doing it, how far it's come, like it's really unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's good, it's good. I haven't listened to watching it. All good. Um, I will I will get to listen to it soon. I just need to on my wall. Um But anyways. Uh, you know, some team sports, you know, because I, I love covering all part. Uh, that's definitely a team. You, you, you're cutting out a little bit. Same here. You're cutting out on me. Give me my yeah. internet. And Wi-Fi. I'm still here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Is it any better now? It's better now. Okay. Maybe I just need to change up my Wi-Fi a bit. But, you know, team sports is a very important thing in, you know, the modern day, especially since both of us are sports fans. Um, exactly right. Uh, but, you know, you, you, your, <clears throat> your podcast is about, you know, racing, you know, all that stuff. I, I'm not very in touch with cars and shit. That's not my area of expertise, um, you know. But uh, obviously, racing can involve team, team, team uh, issues and problems because you got, you know, what you got your pit crew and all that shit and everything, right? Yep. Uh, well, I've got you know the basic, the basic American sports, and then you know the 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 other sports as well. I don't really cover a lot of hockey, to be fair. I don't really like watching hockey. It's just a lot of old men fighting each other. That's not something I'm interested in. Um, I don't like boxing as much either. I used to, but not anymore, especially because um, YouTubers are getting into boxing now. I just find it really boring and annoying. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. You know, other people find uh, the Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul fight very interesting for whatever. I don't care. The YouTuber TikTokers fights. I don't give a shit. That's just how it is. But, you know, team, team sports is very important in my life in general. Um, both of us... You know, used to play soccer. Not in, not on the same team. Me, me and you played at different times. Yeah. Um, but like, can you describe your experience, like working under a coach and everything? Overall, my whole time playing football or soccer, or whatever you call it. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, it, it was enjoyable. You know, from when I played from seven to I believe ten. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not too. I can't remember every single detail. No, that's yeah, fine. I, I don't expect yeah, you to. Yeah, no, it was really enjoyable, you know, being a striker, you know, like, that yeah. was a lot of fun. And that, I mean, had two coaches. Well, were they good to you? Like, were they, were like like, nice and, like, very, like, understanding of the situation or no? Well, I mean, like, the first one was 
useless. And the second oh, one, the second one was the second one was good, but like you know, some of the team was very difficult to work with. All right, fair enough. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, it's different for everyone. I think a lot of coaches, like especially when coaching at a young age, like like coaching people at like you know yep. tens and whatever, whatever it may be. I think it's a lot different because they're they're still learning and still you know figuring things out. Um, none of, all of them are in their like last few years of primary school, ready to hit high school. Yeah, um, and so it, it's it's it has to be like a very nice, soft tone talking to them, I believe. And it's gonna be it's a lot it's a lot harder and a lot more difficult compared to when you're coaching like four teens who are already already in high school, going the first through like the first two three years of high school, or coaching people when they're like eighteen or whatever. It, it's it's a lot different, I think, because there's different tones you have to use. There's different uh, you know strategies and uh, tactics to use when talking to them and getting them engaged and everything. Um, You're exactly right. But, like uh, different coaches have different approaches, and different players have different approaches approaches as well. And as you mentioned, that uh, some of your teammates were a bit difficult to work with, and uh, that's not uncommon. Uh, unfortunately, it's very common between a lot of team sports um, in general. Uh, you know, people have different egos, different personalities, and that's just how it goes. Um, did you have anyone with a, like a major ego? I know I understand it was like seven to like 10, but like still, I think a lot of people can still have egos by then. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there were quite a few. Yeah, I mean, I didn't experience a lot of people with like massive egos uh, during my years of playing, at least. I haven't experienced one where he was just like a constant douchebag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least not playing alongside with them. Uh, I normally just uh, I don't play alongside people like that. Um, it's not fun. Um, but as you, uh, you said, you were a striker, right? I mean, how many goals did you score, mate? <laughs> I can't. Do you remember? I can't you remember or not? Really remember specifically, but I think it was around twenty-one to twenty-eight goals. Oh wow! Damn! Within within three years. Yeah. Jesus. All right. That's, that's, that's not bad. You know, that's not bad. Uh, I can't put my numbers up there because I've scored two goals in the last six, six years. So, you know, <laughs> not a very comparable stat, but we play different positions to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, now I'm a defender now. I, I don't really involve with the, the, the attacks anymore. I, I kind of sit in the back. Um, but like, even though like I said in the back, I don't score goals or whatever it may be. I think it's still very important to understand your role in the situation. Yeah, like there are moments in teams where people get you know too. I think I think too personal and a bit too cocky with their their kind of like play style, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. Because uh, some people can overstep that kind of role and tamper with the entire team chemistry by doing something they're not really meant to do, even though they, they understand they're not, they're not meant to do it, but they do it anyways because they want to show that they're capable of doing it. Uh, it's not in just sports. This is like in work environments as well, working and whatever it may be, studies, uh, you know, friend groups in general. There are certain things you can't do when like everyone's come to understanding that everyone has their certain role. Uh, I'm sure this is a very evident thing, especially for like racing, because there's so many like moving parts to it. Because you've got a pit crew and you've got the the people handling the driver as well and everything, right? Yeah, it, it honestly depends on teams. To be quite honest, because obviously teams with bigger budgets will have more personnel, and then the teams with smaller budgets will have less personnel, which is more of a yep. common, which is a common thing in a lot of sport. 
Yeah, that's true. Like, if you if you're a bigger club, if you're well more well known, have more funding, you'll definitely have more personnel and more people to handle that situation. And if you're like a, a small organization or whatever it may be, you have less less personnel, less less budgeting, less less space to breathe when it comes to money and spending and income and you know finances and stuff. Um, and so it, it is it is a very hard thing to manage. Um, but when it all comes together, you still need to work as a team and everyone needs to understand their kind of situation and their position, uh, depending on where they're working or where they're, where they're, you know, positioned, you know? Um, cause I've seen a lot of, you know, on, on YouTube, I've seen a fair few pit crew, like highlights where they're just like lightning fast at like, you know, replacing wheels or whatever, maybe like refueling the car or whatever. And then I've seen some ones where it's like, they, they, fail completely and forget to fucking screw on a bolt onto a wheel or something. Uh, even though that rarely happens, but like, I think I've seen some few where it's just like, they, they were rushing it too fast that they miscounted and they're just like, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's more or less a thing where it's like this, like motorsport in general is made by the seconds to be honest. Because yeah. Like it's one extra, cool. one extra second on a pit stop can mean the person in the pits loses the spot. And doesn't win the race or lose multiple spots. Yeah, it's a very it's a very time efficient kind of sport. Um, from what I've seen, at least the only the only knowledge I have is cars. You know, like the movie Cars, like from yeah. like Pixar and stuff. That's the only knowledge I have. <laughs> I've got much more than Cars One and Two. Uh, I didn't watch three. Uh, I never got I never got around to it. Uh, but that's the no- most knowledge I can get. And like watching the pit crew needing to work very, very fast and really smoothly to make sure that the, the driver doesn't lose too much time or many, many, many seconds or even milliseconds. Cause that can mean from first to third or whatever it may be. Yep. You know? And it's, it's a very, you know, time efficient sport. You need to be very, very efficient with the time and everything. You need to be able to do everything very, very quickly from what I've seen, at least I, I can't fully say, um, still not my area of expertise. I haven't watched enough. I haven't, studied enough on that one um i don't i don't tamper with motorsports because i don't really care about cars i'm not a very big car person or like a racing person or more more motorsport person i do like go-karting though go-karting's fun um should go sometime but you know um it's just not my area of expertise but like as you said it's it's very necessary to work fast and i think that's that's not just in motorsport i think that's that's i think a lot of a lot of places need a lot of time efficiency um especially workplaces nowadays as well you need to be able to do work efficiently around the clock otherwise it's just a waste of time for everyone what in in working in the place you know it's it's bad for your managers it's bad for your co-workers it's bad for your you know your bosses your other employees around you and even even the customers as well it's bad for you um in the workplace if you fail to do certain things by certain times or whatever it's not like it's you have to force yourself into a role or situation where you have to work constantly by the minute or whatever. It's just like, do your job efficiently and you'll be fine. I think. Um, but I, I don't know. It, 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 it's hard to really say because I've only worked <laughs> for a little bit and then I'm now coaching and that's not very time efficient. It's more or less, it's like it needs to be critical and very... Uh, important stuff and like i need to use yeah my time efficiently but i need to make sure that they understand everything 
don't try to get through to them. Um, but how how do how do like pit stop crews and like driver managers like do that kind of kind of stuff? Because I'm not a big fan of motorsports, but like, can you describe that? Like how they actually do the practices themselves. Yeah, like how do they like run time trials? Whether it may be like just checking up, like everyone's on track, everyone's able to do everything efficiently, or whatever. How do they like practice and like run these tests by themselves? Well, from like from like pit stops, right? They will usually use the time in practice, like the practice sessions, however many there may be, to do pit right. stop practice. But they'll also do pit stop practices like after the sessions have been done. Like I've been on a couple of pit lane walks that are right. that have actually shown this, and it's pretty impressive to look at. So right. yeah, they they do it so much, like. They'll do it in their spare time, like outside of the track, and then they'll also do it at race weekends. Wow. Yeah. So it, it again, yeah, it really is made by the seconds. Like they could get it right a hundred they could get it right nine nine times, and then the hundredth time they stuff up. Right, yeah. It's very intensive there. It's it's it almost sounds like a lifestyle honestly. And it's that's crazy how much they do it. Well, I mean, um, you, you add that, sorry to interrupt, you add that plus the fact that they're most likely not going to be with their families for a long period of time. So it's yeah, sort of, that's true. Yeah, so, sort of adds up. No, nah, fair enough. I mean, how many, how many practice sessions do, do most teams get before like a, like a race, like a cup or whatever it may be? Well, I mean, with F1, it's usually three practice sessions per weekend. Oh, okay. So they roughly get... How long do do those practice sessions run for? Like hours or whatever it may be. Um, I I believe they go for the first two practice sessions go for ninety minutes, and then oh, okay. the final practice session of the weekend goes for sixty minutes. Wow! So that is still, I guess, sufficient time to practice. But I think for me, as a person who plays football, I think that's not even enough for me. That's not enough for me. <laughs> um, but I think I think it's really just to get the fine tuning. I think it's just to make sure everything works like at the last moment. Yeah. Um, you've pinpointed it exactly right. Uh, like how, how many, like, how, like they run through their checkups, obviously to make sure everything's working correctly. Right. But how many checkups do they normally do and do like the, the officials or like whoever's like in charge of the, the competition or whatever, do checkups on the car as well, just to make sure that they're like not cheating or anything. I can't give an exact number, but yeah, there's there is quite a few checks um to make sure that everything's legal, and that yeah. like it's they will sometimes get randomly assigned to the weigh bridge, which is like they're weighing you weigh the car, all that kind of stuff to make sure that everything's legal on that, and that usually right. takes quite a few minutes to do, and it usually will just occur randomly. So if you have to go there you have to go there because penalty will be received if you don't abide by it. Oh, wow. So does it happen during their practice sessions or does it happen outside of like the practice sessions? Practice sessions and qualifying. Oh, wow. So it's taking time out of like being able to fine tune everything at the last second, basically. Yep. Oh, that, that, that's rough for some teams that have to go through that. Do all teams do that or is it just some teams? It, it, it's just random. So any team pretty much. Wow, that's rough. Being like being like missing 
when it when it comes to such such a fine tuned sport, um, especially for the pit crew and everything, it, it it must be rough missing you know several minutes of practicing because those several minutes could mean the world to everyone. Yeah, um, that that's 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 intense. <laughs> Never knew the world of motorsport could be so intense. I mean, it's like. Does it does it also come down to the talent of the drivers as well? Because I I know there's a lot of drivers around, but I don't know. Like, it, it's a, do the drivers have like certain talents and skills they need to pass through to make it professionally? I mean, you sometimes get the very best, the very best, and it's like genuine. But then you sometimes also get what's called pay drivers, which like pay for the seat. But I mean, right. I mean, nearly everyone that has been in Formula One is in some way a pay driver. And there's the very few that haven't been, but yeah, I mean, certain there is certain talents that someone has to have to like make it. But you know, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of external factors can really right. benefit someone getting into the sport than someone who has got talent and has worked very hard. Right. So it, it's just love, like external, like connections thing, basically. It's honestly a combination of a lot of things, but external factors help a lot. Right. Because, like, I, I understand that a lot of people still need to, like, a lot of Formula One drivers specifically need to take on a lot of G-Force when hitting those turns. And not being able to hit those G-Forces or being even capable of taking on those G-Forces can really, like, detriment your life or, like, even the race itself. So, yeah. do, do, they, do they run a gambit of tests to make sure that you're able to take on those G-Forces or no? Um, I mean, they do a lot of training. Which like strengthens the neck and that because the neck is obviously the most, the most yeah yeah the part that gets affected the most at that yeah but yeah I mean yeah there's a lot of things that they would have to do but training is an important thing to make sure that they can withstand it right like do do all do do, do most of the teams participate in every competition they can or do they only participate in certain ones they feel like they are comfortable winning in or whatever because i i know you're not like connected to any of the teams or whatever but like do you notice there's like a pattern with certain competitions with certain teams or anything i mean with like formula one like every team that's a part of it will contest every single round of it but like i mean back in the day it used to be like one card teams and that right but i mean with certain championships in like feeder series which is the series that are like below f1 and that some mm. teams will contest every round and other teams will not contest every round. So I don't really think it's so much a thing of like they're not going to participate if they don't feel they're going to win, but more or less the funding is right. the, is the thing that stops them from competing in every single round. So it could be like the, the head company being like, hey, we can't afford it or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain drivers that, like, this season, right, in mm. the podcast that I'm doing, right, yep. with F2 and F3 that have had to sort of stop, like, racing in a particular series because of funding or because the main sponsor, you know, doesn't want to commit to it. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, the sport is very much, like, money is a big component to the sport in yeah. like how successful someone can be. Right. 
So it isn't really so it isn't really so much like someone won't participate because they don't have a chance of winning, but it's more or less how much money is available to compete in the round. Right. So it's like it's the sponsorship looking at like the profits and loss kind of situation. It's like if we paid for you to go there, how much money are you going to earn us back if you do participate in this kind of thing? Yeah, like, yeah, sort of. And that it's just like if people and the sponsors are committed to a full time campaign, then yeah. But I mean, it's sometimes just a round by round process. Right. I guess that makes sense, to be fair. I mean, there, there are certain teams and that have like less funding than a lot of other ones, to be fair. Especially now, uh, funding has gone probably very far low due to the whole pandemic and everything. And, you know, it must be rough for a lot of drivers to even participate, uh, even like F2, F3, maybe even F1 as well. It, it's hard because the, the money has gone straight down a drain for a long time now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 it's different for a lot of sports in general. Like the NBA has, you know, started going up and running with a very condensed season. Um, unfortunately, so many players are getting injured in the playoffs. Um, you know, much love NBA, I know that for a fact, but like still, and this is what I want to mention as well. NBA has a lot of injuries, like, and especially because everyone was playing so heavily in consistent minutes for so long, con- like continuously. It's been rough for everyone. Um, and even, like, football as well. Like, a lot of people got injured or, like, COVID protocols or whatever it may be um, because they just want to be safe and make sure that no one else gets affected. And it, it, it's, it's happened with a lot of other sports as well, but these are the two that I mentioned because these are the two I pay attention to the most. Um, but, like, congrats to, like, like the, the, the drivers and everything that, like, are still participating because it's still entertainment for everyone else and it's still their living. And so I, I congrats to them for being able to, you know, take the step and be like, Hey, I'm going to participate no matter what, whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, it's still a very team oriented thing. Obviously you still have your bosses, you know, like your head, like sponsors or whatever, which of our teams like organizations or whatever it may be have because they need the funding and they need the money to do this sort of thing. Um, it, it's it's still a very you know up in the air thing with sports nowadays because yes, sports are still uh, are back kind of in the world, but unfortunately, it's just still a very questionable thing. And how much can it? How how long can we sustain this for until obviously the pandemic is officially over? Because there's still a lot of money going to a lot of places where the revenue is not going to be as high as it used to be because in-person attendance is very limited nowadays. Um, even though, you know, I don't know how many people and how big the areas for, for, uh, for like, you know, F1 or F2 may be compared to like, you know, football stadiums or basketball arenas. How much money did you like, can you estimate they earn? Like how much of their like income is based off like in-person attendance? Do you know? I'm not too sure to be honest. Like it, it it's probably more or less the thing that is easier to put down with like F1, but even then I'm not too sure how much like F2 and F3 would benefit from it. I, I think it's just a very big beneficial for everyone in general, especially like uh, I know basketball, like NBA teams benefit a lot from their in-person income because their basketball arenas are very, very large and um, they, they need the, the in-person attendance to really 
fund a lot of different things. And uh, so is football as well. That, that stadiums are huge. Um, I've got a lot of seating, a lot of like suites and VIP stuff that they normally get sold out most of the time. And now that a lot of it's gone, it's, it's hard to fund a lot of different things. Uh, so knowing all this stuff is going on, it, it's still hard to realize and, you know, be thankful for that. We're still somehow sustaining sports, even though so much money is, you know, gone into the void and be like, Hey, it's, it's not there anymore. Um, cause, cause formula one or F2, F3 is very money in, invested sport due to, you know, the, the personnel, the car itself, the driver as well. And then the managers and the, the, the every, everyone else in the, in the kind of crew is very important to the team and to keep all those on, you know, the, the payroll and stuff is very important and not being able to fund everything immediately is also really rough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I don't know how much drivers get paid. I really don't. I don't know the salaries or whatever it may be. I don't know how much pay crew personnel get paid either. So it's, it's up in the air. Do you know roughly figures or estimates of how much they get paid or no? Don't know exactly. Like, but there has been a few posts that I've seen with like the F1 salaries, and like you can tell there's a really big difference between who gets the most and who gets the least. Right. But even then, who gets the least is still. A, a lot of money. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, it's a lot of money compared to what a lot of other people earn in general. Yeah. Now, but like you know, different different you know athletes get paid differently, and different people get paid differently, anyways. And the money people earn is definitely based on like the sponsor they have behind them, and like the the brands they assign to, and whatever it may be. Does like Formula One have multiple sponsors for one team? Or was it just one team, one sponsor? Is it multiple sponsors? Multiple sponsors, one team. Yeah, mo- like multiple sponsors that help. But there's obviously like title sponsors and that that are, like obviously yeah. will provide the most amount of money. But then there's also other sponsors that will put their hat into the ring. Is it sponsoring the driver or the team itself? Both. Both. Okay. Because I I believe that. A, t- a lot of the team sponsors would like be having them in as from a team point of view, but they'd obviously mo- probably would get someone who's actually also like Part associated, like yeah. And if they've got so someone who's like, associated to it, then yeah. that it makes it even better. That makes it easier to negotiate contracts, I think. Yep. Um, like if you get someone associated along with the brand and everything, I think it's just easier, and especially with athletes as well. Athletes is a very big part, and you have an athlete on the same brand. I think it's a lot easier to negotiate contracts because you're already worked with them. Um, but do is it is it the main title sponsors that sign the athletes, or is it like do they do they do they hire executives to hire the athletes and whatever? I I honestly just I think it's um like team team boss and driver i don't really think there's like other external factors if we're going from like an f1 point of view so team boss and driver but it honestly could be different with other ones like to be honest right so there's no like external executives that can control over everything there probably is like executive influence but like at the end of the day it's team boss and driver right fair enough will most likely, like, sit down and sign a contract. Right. And then what, do they take care of the pit crew personnel as well? 
Well, I mean, I think for the for a team boss, like, yeah, you'd have to take ev- care of every aspect and make sure it's satisfactory. Right. Another another question for the for the motorsport fans: What if the car crashes? Do you ha- do they have a spare one just running or no? I mean, they used to back in the day have like a T car, which was like a third car that was set up, and that. But like right. nowadays, they if someone crashes, right, they may have the spare parts, and that. Right. But like yeah, they will usually have the spare parts, but it's like. That's yeah. just in case if like something starts malfunctioning or whatever it may be, yeah. Not intended for like a crash. Yeah, I mean they'll u- again they'll usually have the spare parts to be able to race, but like you know sometimes they can with the actual car itself if it hasn't been too damaged and they obviously right. don't do much on it, and that it can be a real inside fix. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if someone like destroys it, they sometimes will have to get a new chassis, in which costs yeah. a lot of money. Of course, like all all these cars cost a lot of fucking money. But like, I, I was just curious because I've seen some like some fair like damaging crashes, and I was just wondering how do they get back onto like if they crash in round two, how do they get back to round three and whatever it may be. Like they they do have they do have the parts that they can compete, but like it is a lot more detrimental if it's a smaller team that does it compared to a bigger team. Compared to a bigger team, yeah. Yeah. Due to the, the financial standpoint and whatever it may be, yeah. Then, like if 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 the car is too damaged for them to fully fix it, do they just withdraw from the rest of the rounds, or what happens there? I mean, if it's something that like cannot be fixed at at the round they're at, they will probably withdraw, but they wouldn't really withdraw from any other rounds unless they really have to. Right. So it's kind of just like a, like a worst case scenario. We have to withdraw from everything else. Everything else we're going to try and compete in with what we have. Yep. Okay. Like even even if they know the, the the performance of the car will definitely dip down due to whatever reason it may be. Well, I'm I'm not too caught up with a lot of like the specific rulings in that, but um, they ha- like certain teams have to have both cars. They have to have both cars entered, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, they'll get penalized a massive amount unless they get right. unless they get special permission to do that. Right. So unless the officials are like, well. It's really fucked. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some teams back in like the nineteen nineties like got special dispensation, and that, right. but not a lot, and that. So I mean, like nowadays, it's almost like kind of uncharacteristic that a team won't show up to a Grand Prix weekend unless something like has occurred that w- prevents them from being able to do that. But it's something that's so unlikely. But still, very much likely at the same time. Yeah, fair enough. So before before like the races and the Grand Prix and whatever round of cup and maybe how how long and how much time did it get at the actual venue before the whole thing starts? Because like normally a lot of athletes arrive like a few days, maybe a few weeks before the entire event. If it's like a one off thing or whatever, I don't know how many. Competitions you have in a in a year, or like a season, 
for for motorsport. So, like, could you explain that to me? Because I'm, I'm not very familiar with the shit. Well, pr- pretty much exactly what you said. Like, a lot of a lot of drivers will show up to a country like anywhere between a couple of weeks to like the week of the race, and yeah, they'll sometimes be at the track. Like, let's say, yeah, let's say it's a Sunday start, right? Okay. Of like the race and that they'll usually be there maybe at the track on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like to do it like a track walk. Yeah. And that's so it's usually like midweek they'll be there if it's of a race weekend. Okay. But it honestly varies. Like some people will come to a country like a lot earlier than others, like a couple years back. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Brian, you still there? Just letting you know I can't hear you. <laughs> Gonna drink some tea while I wait. Welcome back, mate. Sorry, that's probably my insert. <laughs> it's all internet. good mindset. Fantastic in my room. My internet isn't fantastic. Sorry, everyone. That is a technical issue and probably on my half. Uh, my internet isn't fantastic in my room. But uh, as I was back to the question I was trying to ask, let's see if I let's see if I remember my question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was asking about like what times, like what, like how how do people how do athletes travel to to like different locations and like how do people you know, arrange that time schedule and you start talking about middle of the week and then it cut out because of my internet. Oh, yes. For like a race weekend, like usually teams will arrive like, if let's say it's a Sunday race, like Tuesday and that, and we'll usually have a track walk maybe Wednesday, Thursday. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, they they make sure to get there, obviously, pending no, any yeah. unforeseen is there like a set time that they all the athletes have to arrive by for like inspections, track walk, or whatever it may be? Um, not too sure. I know the teams obviously first and foremost, but like every like drivers and that, not too sure exactly. But I know the teams would have to be there to do all that stuff. Right. So they inspect the track, you know, make sure everything's legal and all that stuff. Yeah. And make sure the conditions are are, are good to race. Yep. Uh, is there like is the weather also a big factor in like races as well? Do they call off races due to maybe weather problems or whatever? Maybe they've only called off uh, like a few races due to like rain, but yeah, they have. It has been done. So yeah, weather is an important factor. I think for like a lot of sports in general. But yeah, yep. I mean. Because you can never predict what the weather will exactly be. Like, no, there'll be definitely. something like that'll exist, but you can never know if it's going to rain or if it's going to be sunny or if it's going to be cloudy until the day itself. Yeah. And it, it, it's really, yeah, as you said, it's really hard to predict what the weather's going to be like until, you know, until you get to the day. And 
sometimes, you know, certain things had to be called off. Maybe whether it be like an event, uh, like a sports event, or maybe just an event in general for like schools or like your work or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, weather definitely plays an important factor in a lot of a lot of sports, and not just motorsport. But like, I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, racing is very, you know, uh, you know, finite thing. And if you like, because especially when cars are driving on like wet like road in general, it's very dangerous. Like in the normal roads. Because so yeah, I mean the weather is important, but I mean they are enough and skilled enough. Most like what the conditions are gonna be like and how to handle it. But yeah, it, it is like an all sports thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it gets wet, like harder sports and that. Yeah, I mean, a certain pass could hit like part of the. Brian, you can ground ground it, then keep bouncing on instead of how it would normally. All right, fair enough. You're, you're glitching no, I... a bit, just letting you know. Can you hear Probably me? My internet again. Yeah, I can hear you. It's just my internet's probably really fucking shit. I'm, I apologize to everyone who's listening. As well. Um, that's that's on my heart, like on my on my behalf. That's probably my bad. Um, you know. My room loves to hate me. Uh, <laughs> my room's the furthest away from the router, so please understand that my internet is very shit. And um, I didn't think either of us wanted to do this in person due to new COVID, code, uh, like COVID protocols we have in, in Australia now. Um, I think it's really dangerous to go outside in all in general. Um, I really haven't gone outside in the past few days due to, you know, obviously the new protocols and stuff, and it's really hard. Um, constantly wearing a mask. I can't breathe. <laughs> I mean, if the restrictions weren't really in place, I mean, I, w- I was going to mess. Want to do this in person or virtual? Uh, I, thought I, think, if you- I think then it's probably. I, yeah, because I I I I want to do it in person. I want to do a lot more in person, but there are certain things in place that don't allow me to go outside very often. Um. And I haven't been feeling the greatest in the past week, so I'd rather take the take the safer and just do it virtually in my room. Uh, but you know, have risked the, the internet being a very big problem, uh, unfortunately. But that's just how it goes. Sometimes it is what it is. Um, you know, uh, you got to work around it, and uh, that's a, that's a that's a big big issue, unfortunately, on my half uh, for the internet being really really shit. But yeah, I mean, uh, motorsport like definitely just depends on, I think. Well, I, I, it, it takes a lot of skill to know like where to, you know, turn and beat the opponent like on like a maybe a, a certain drift or certain turn or whatever it may be. Different tracks have different, you know, turns and whatever it may be. So, do the do okay. the drivers get practice on the track before yeah. the race or no? Yeah, as I, as I said earlier, um, they get like free practice sessions and that FP1, FP2 and FP3 and they also get yeah. qualifying. So, yeah, they get a lot of time to do it and I mean, like, but may not necessarily be enough time which is then they have simulator drivers that also help with their, like, data and all that. So, 
there's a lot that goes into a race weekend while also being a little bit finite at the same time. Right. So, I mean, like, there's sim drivers are very beneficial to how a race weekend can be because data will come through and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so it's a lot like studying and understanding the track and uh, understanding like, you know, the, the best points of where to turn or maybe, maybe boost up the speed a little bit or whatever yep. it may be. Um, data is important in not just motorsport, but I think in a lot of sports in general. I, I think a lot of a lot of statistics, a lot of data is very needed in a lot of sports. Unfortunately, the level I play at and the level I coach at uh, don't give me that data because I have to record the data myself if I want to get anything. Um, because I coach at a very uh, low level, I coach Sunday League for the uh, for the British people out there, um, and um, I you know I, I play basically Sunday League as well, and that no, that that's how it goes. I don't get data, I don't get anything. I just have to base it off what I know and you know what I've seen and what I've taken from watching so many good people coach and having coaches coach me as well. Um, and I think it's, it's important to, to have a very, very good coach, but also experience some bad coaches, I think in general, because then you know, what's kind of the, the right approach to certain people and what's not. Um, I'm not saying everyone should go get a bad coach immediately because you need to experience that. No, no, it's, it's like, if you happen to get one, then you learn from it. Because uh, there are bad coaches in this world. I'm, I'm not going to say there isn't because I've met quite a few, to be fair. Um, you know, some useless ones, some some bad ones that just treat people poorly or some people that just don't know what they're doing and just kind of tell everyone what they think is correct and whatever it may be. Um, well, on the other hand, you have some very analytical coaches, very correcting coaches and very serious coaches as well and coaches come in a variety of uh, different styles you know shapes whatever it may be it's, it's, it's how it goes uh i think motorsport is exactly the same you have different drivers or different statues and different i think uh ways of learning and driving i think right yeah yeah i mean a lot of different a lot of different drivers and that have a lot of different skill sets and that, that, like, makes up a team. Like, someone who may be young will take more risks and, like, let's say, like, in a position when they're going into a corner, like, a younger driver may try to outbreak someone who's, like, older than them. But let's say, like, let's say there's a 22-year-old driver up yeah, against okay. a... Uh, let's say there's a 22-year-old in F1, right? against okay. someone who's 32, right? The 22-year-old will most likely try to outbreak them and be later on it than the person who's older cuz yeah, but that's yeah, not but that's that's, not, that's just a general thing in general. Like yeah. <laughs> I can understand the obvious there, but like yeah, it just it depends on honestly the age group to be honest because a lot someone who's younger will take a lot more risks than someone who's older cuz the older will take will be a little bit more wiser and articulate. Yeah, yeah. It, it just makes up a lot of things. It just um, adds characteristics, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it comes down to like your knowledge of the, the sport, whether it be motorsport, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, whatever it may be. It's knowledge, this, this knowledge of the sport, experience of the sport, and then, you know, learning from your past mistakes or whether like whatever's good when whatever works for you and what doesn't and young young people tend to yeah obviously we're still young 
uh, like fairly young, but like obviously we love to take risks. Still, we still like to do whatever we think's correct. But then when we get older and wiser, we understand there are certain things that we can't do. Um, and I've learned that from a very young age. I learned that when I was roughly sixteen because my body started to break down on me during like my sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen year old like kind of phases. My body was failing me already, um, and most likely I'm not going to make it past 30 when playing sports like this. And so it's, it's, it's rough to, to, to understand that. But once you finally understand the limits of your body, I think it just changes your character characteristic and your personality towards the, the, in your approach towards the sport. And so, as you said, it's kind of like stating the, the obvious here, but like in general, I think, yeah, it's fun to watch the young guns, you know, do whatever they want to do. But then it's also interesting to see the, you know, the, the veterans, um, you know, show their class and stuff. And that's how it goes sometimes. And that's how different drivers have different personalities and different char- characteristics. It's not just drivers. I think it's just athletes in general. Um, yeah. And like, I know like myself and like a lot of other people that we know from like uh, our high school days, we have a lot of different personalities and different play styles. You know, that's yep. just how it goes yep. in sports. Um, we never played on the school team together. We We only did bowling together actually as a sport. I think that's the only thing we did. Yeah. I don't think we even did. No, because I, I played ping pong and then I did soccer or football, whatever you fucking call it, for like three years. And then you, you went on to do bowling and then whatever else it was. I can't remember what else you did. <laughs> if I remember correctly, bowling, then trampolining, then sky zone. Oh, yeah. I did sky zone for like uh, a year. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think we were like at the same time. I don't believe so. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it was just so popular doing it that, like, it would always straight away. Like, yeah, I think fun. I went a year after you or before you. What was that? I think I went Sky Zone before you. No, after you. I think I went the year after you, probably. Um, I, I'm not too sure to be honest. Because I think I went during year nine, I believe. Year nine and ten, roughly somewhere around there. Mm. Yeah, went yeah, after you. Yeah, you, yeah, you're probably right. I, uh, yeah, you're probably right because I also do remember doing bowling with um, with. <laughs> can I mention names? First name only. First name only. Okay, you you'll know who it is straight away. Like I remember doing bowling with Cameron. So. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, of course. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I remember doing that in year nine. So yeah. You, yeah, you, so I, you probably are right. I'm not too sure, but you probably are right. Yeah, because after after that one year of Sky Zone, I just left. I just did soccer instead. Because fuck that, <laughs> it just it just wasn't worth the money that I was paying for it. Because it just got boring after the first six weeks. It, it's what you make of it, to be honest. But yeah, I yeah, can understand that. Like what I really did was just play play dodgeball. Uh yeah, I only played times. To be honest, I played I played dodgeball because that was probably the most interesting I had thing I had there, and then no, that was probably pretty much it. And then we, there, there were moments where we got to go through the Ninja Warrior course. Oh yeah, that was so cool! But I could never do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it either. I wasn't very athletic. Plus, I had a knee injury at the time, so you know it is what it is. I think what um, didn't help with me was the fact that through like because of the oh, scar that's on my knee, like it, it kept like. Dra- yeah, that's not that's not good. It, it being a bit of a disadvantage, but you know, it was all right if you knew what you were doing. If you know what you're doing, yeah. If you've watched enough Ninja Warrior America, Australia, then you probably figure out what it is. 
there's also Ninja Warrior like all over the world, uh, but it all started in Japan. Uh, I love Japanese culture. Um, <laughs> love Japan. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's move back to team sports. I think, but like, I've played in a fair few team sports. I've played also a fair few solo sports. Uh, I've played tennis on my own. I think you did tennis as well, didn't you? Or am I yeah, wrong on that one? Yeah. You know, briefly, like when you're in year seven and like oh, doing yeah. all the sports, like very briefly. But yes, yeah, uh, I did tennis before high school i did it in a in like summer camps and stuff you know like you have your tennis camps for like two three weeks uh yeah. in the holidays yeah. uh i did those for like three years and then i just gave up because i just got sick of it um plus my arms were very short then and i was very short in stature so i just didn't feel like i was gonna make it up for it <laughs> uh so i quit that i did karate for a few years um and then um i got into obviously football, soccer, when I was around 14, 13, 14. Like I started playing then. Um, and now I'm playing at the age of 19 as well. I've had to play for three different teams, though. Fucking hell, it's too many teams. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's good to meet new people, new teammates. You learn new team dynamics and stuff. And I think it's a good experience to meet new people constantly. It's very, very good. Uh, yeah. It's not just sports teams as well you can learn and meet new people in classrooms we're, we're both doing TAFE courses although you don't have a classroom to really go to yours online isn't it yeah mine's online which i mean after last year like it actually it works out a lot better for a lot of different reasons right that, like it would be cool to sort of have like a class in itself but i mean you know doing online i could work at my own pace you know get it done when i want to get it done so yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I can't. I can't blame you there. I would love to do mine online, but I have to go in person because I have to do practical things there as well. Um, because I want to have. I want to work it around my own schedule, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but I mean, you, you can find a lot of different groups, different teams, different you know, I guess you know, cliques or fraternities or whatever you call them in whatever country you belong in. <laughs> um. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can meet new people and learn different things about yourself or other people in general. And um, it's very important as well. Um, teen sports is a very big part of it, though, because you get to experience, you know, sports and something you love with different people. And, you know, sometimes, yes, they may be difficult to work with. I've had my fair few. Um, you know, you, you have, you know, coaches' favorites or whatever it may be. You know, that's how it goes sometimes. And that's the way life is. Um, you have the coach's son or whatever it may be. You have the coach's brother. I was one of those. I was one of those. Coach's son? Yeah, but I mean, like, the thing, like, I don't mean to be boastful here, but I don't really think there was, like, an advantage sort of thing because, I mean... Yeah. I mean, because I was decent as a striker, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, like, because I do remember um, parents complaining a lot, saying, like, Oh, Ryan gets all these chances, and like, why does anyone else play up front? And then it's it's my dad said that like, it's because I kept practicing, and that it's not so much because of favoritism, but because I put in the time to do it, whilst no one else was really doing it. To be honest, yeah. I mean, and if, if like, I was favored, let's say, I would have everything. You know what I mean? Which yeah. I'm glad that I wasn't favored. 
it's not like I didn't deserve to play as striker because I put in the time to do so. Yeah. And I mean, hey, that's fair enough. I I, I mean, I, I haven't been in a coach's son situation. My dad doesn't coach. My mom doesn't coach either. And, you know, that's how it goes. But I'm coaching now uh, a team and I don't have favoritism. When I when I pick a team, I pick based on what I think is the best against a, whatever certain opponent or whoever I think can work together the best, you know. And the team I'm coaching, we only have 13, which is very limited numbers compared to everyone else. Everyone has about 15 or even more. We have 13 only. So we, if we have a missing player, we're down, basically down to starting 11. And that's it. So when it comes to like picking teams or whatever it may be, I, I can't be favoritism. I just have to play everyone in a position where I feel they're the, the strongest, you know? And that's yeah. what a coach is meant to yeah. do. It's to It's to put everyone in a situation where they can be their best. And sometimes, yes, it may be playing someone out of position and they need to learn a new position, but sometimes it just works out better for them. <clears throat> That's just how it goes. Um, for me, I've been in a situation where I was against the coach's son. I hated it, hated every second of it, but I still played because I put in the work and the effort. I played out of position a lot of the time and they were just like, we got to play you anyways because we've got nothing else. Um, not in terms of personnel, we had plenty of players. It's just they've literally got nothing else to fill that position. Otherwise, we, we lose more games, you know? So it's just how it goes. If you put in the work and the effort, the coach will pick you or the person will pick you. Whatever your manager maybe can promote you a little bit or like, I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, or give you like a raise or something, you know? It, it's just how it goes. If you put in the work and the time and the effort and you show that you're committed to it, then you you get picked, you know? And that's how it goes. And it's 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 not just in team sports, obviously. As I just mentioned, your manager, whatever. It could be your friend groups as well. Sometimes you can have people show up in different roles and, you know, people can get certain things and whatever. It's just, that's how it goes. Favoritism sometimes happens. That's just how it goes sometimes. But, you know... It is what it is. But what were you going to say? I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what I was going to say exactly, to be honest. But, like, I, I've played with a lot of people who have had their, you know, their dad as a coach, their brother as a coach or whatever, and I've played alongside their, like, the, the people in the team that have had their, like, sibling, relative as a coach. And it, <clears throat> it whatever it may be, Yes, sometimes it sucks to see someone p- get picked over you due to whatever favoritism maybe or maybe sibling like choices or whatever or like relative choices, it, but that's just how it goes sometimes. But if you show that you can play better than them, the, the coach eventually has to be just like, okay, fine, whatever. Because you, you, the coaches, it, it's in the coach's best interest to win because that's their job. Their job is to make everyone have fun while also winning. Because winning is the you know the end 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 of it all you know, um you know if you win you get praise you get recognition and then that's how it goes everyone's happy you know sometimes maybe some people aren't happy because they played out of position for the entire season but then they get used to playing that position and then they move to other positions you know that's just how it goes sometimes, um as if you can create a culture where everyone's happy. And everyone's playing their best or doing their best in certain roles and certain positions, then it's probably the best thing you can have. Because um, while you're having fun, is the most like doing everything while you're having fun is the most important thing ever. Because if you're not having fun, then why fucking do it? You know. 
And if if you want if you don't if you're not having fun, you quit. Yeah, that that's just how it is sometimes. All right. If you don't if if you don't enjoy it, leave. <laughs> that's just how it is. Um like I've joined a new team this year for football and I initially didn't feel comfortable with the team because the times I've played against this team, we've scrapped. <laughs> we've had a lot of scrappy games against them. Um, but when I walked into training, everyone was very welcoming, very, very heartwarming and very really lax and chill. Um, and so I fit right in. And uh, obviously I don't start every game. Uh, I don't even think I will start even later into the, into the year. It's just how it goes. It's just, I got to put in my shift and I got to fulfill my position in the team as a sub player, as an impact sub, whatever it may be. Um, even if I stand on the bench for the entire 90 minutes, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, although I don't think I've ever sat on the bench for the entire 90 minutes before. Like, I don't want to brag, but like, I think I don't have, I don't think I have. But, you know, people play different positions for different reasons. I mean, you played striker because you probably had a very good work, you know, work engine. You kept on having a good work ethic as well and pushed high and allowed yourself to create chances. Yeah. Um, even if the even if the parents were complaining about, oh, he's getting he's all getting all the chances. Well, that's because he's fucking good. You can't complain if you're winning, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like again, don't mean to brag, but there were decisions where some of my goals. Save them a bit. Like there was one time against Lily Pilly, two 0 down, scored a brace, nearly scored a hat trick if it wasn't for the keeper's good hands. Yeah, and like you know, we we have different situations where we either save the team or you know maybe sometimes detriment the team. You know, that's just how it goes. Some people make mistakes and whatever. And as you've just mentioned, a very good example of maybe helping your team. You know, not completely lose the game. Um, me, on the other hand, I haven't had glorious goals or whatever it may be, but I've had moments where I've stopped the team from score, like the, oppos- the opposing team scoring more goals. Um, we, I think I'm, I'm going to mention an example this year because I remember this more vividly than anything else. We were winning 3-2 against Heathcote. Uh I'd come into the game at around halftime um, and we we were 3-0 up after halftime and as soon as we started playing into the later, you know, minutes of the game, it was around 70, 70th minute, we were up 3-1 and then 80th minute, up 3-2. Last dying, like, five minutes, like, last five minutes, they have, like, 15 shots out at us and... All we could do as the defense was just put our bodies on the line and hope that they don't score. Um, in the last dying moment, in the last like thirty seconds or whatever, maybe last even ten seconds, the the guy that like their striker just has a fantastic hit, and all I could do was just slide in front of it and hope I get in front of it, and my head just hits it, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" Um, like the back of my head, at least I didn't want to have my face just get fucking pummeled with the ball. Um, but. All I can remember is just, we win 3-2. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And so, like, sometimes people save teams differently. Sometimes, you know, if you score two goals, I save I save maybe a, a goal, like a goal tie, like a game-tying shot. That's just how it goes. Yeah, it yeah. depends on different positions and that. Like, someone, as you said, like a striker could score goals that will either tie the game up or actually win it from being behind. Like, mm. defense, 
maybe block a crucial shot that could mean winning or losing. Yeah. So, yeah. And it just it depends on like your mindset. Because if your mindset tells you that you need to be a star player, you're probably in the wrong place. <laughs> if you if you understand your role and you understand the position you are like playing in and like you need to understand that, then you can only fulfill your potential if you understand that role. You know? If you play as an impact sub, you do your job, you come on with energy, you bring energy to the team and you make everyone move. If you play as a, the main striker who scores goals, you, 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 you try and do your job as best as possible. You try and hit as many shots as possible at goal. Eventually, you're going to score one, right? There's no way you can miss 30-plus shots. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep on hitting them, you, you, it's better, you're better off hitting more shots than not taking them because you're eventually going to hit one. That's just how it goes. And so if you understand your role and your position, then you can help the team or help yourself to perform better. Um, and obviously this can relate to many other things, whether it be sports, work, you know, groups and friendships as well. And it really can help whoever takes the lead, who doesn't take the lead and whatever it may be. Um, oh, there was a question I was going to ask, but then I forgot about it. Fuck. <laughs> Well, whilst you think of that, I'll, as you brought up an interesting, like with friendships and how someone has to take lead in that, yeah, it can really relate in all sorts of things and that where it's like if someone sort of has an ego trip in a friendship, then that sort of is like that that can really be detrimental because if someone's like, well, I'm this, we're doing this and all that, it's just like it can really make a friendship toxic. Indeed, it definitely very can. Uh, I'm not going to think of that question anymore until I fucking go to bed or something. But, you know, I had a very good question as well. God, I fucking hate myself. I love I love my brain. But, you know, it, yeah, definitely uh, an ego trip, something like that, that definitely could be very detrimental to a relationship or like a friendship in general. Um, you know, toxicity is a very bad thing nowadays and it's very common now, unfortunately. Um, I'm not saying a lot of people out there are toxic, but sometimes you may have a toxic behavior that you may not notice and Sometimes it just happens like that, you know? Um, sometimes people find your personality maybe toxic towards them because your personalities don't match. And, you know, sometimes you maybe have to understand that and to really be able to see yourself and be able to hopefully correct it a little bit and maybe adjust as well a little bit to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know, you don't want to change yourself fully to not be toxic at all because the next thing you know, it's going to be very fucking weird for everyone else. But, you know, it, it's just like be a little bit less toxic. Watch your wording, watch your phrasing, watch what you're saying, watch what you're doing. Um, then it could make the friendship or the relationship a lot better. Um, and so it, it's, uh, as you mentioned, a very, very important thing to also bring into account as well. So let's, let's try not to be too leading, but obviously try and, you know, give some authoritative decisions, you know, because sometimes some, some friendships or relationships, both of you are indecisive and you have no idea what the fuck you want to do. Someone's got to take the lead here. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just how it goes sometimes. Like, um, although a lot of friendships are like 50, 50 or a hundred, a hundred, like both of you are committed to everything and whatever you do but like no one really makes a full like committed like commitment decision. It's, it's just hard to be really like close if both of you are just kind of like, 
well, let's just do whatever happens, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, it's the way you approach it. It's it's different for everyone. Uh, yeah. I'm more of a guy who sits back and just lets everything happen. I don't fully like to make decisions, but when I do, it, it's most of the time it's um, towards a lot count. of friendships and like and on my account, yeah. Yeah. And like it's like because I want to. It's not because I need to. It's because I want to. Yeah, that's a great mentality to have. Yeah, and it's 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 been working for me for now. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll encounter something that's wrong with it, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but I know some other people that are just constantly just like very authoritative, but like on their own account as well, and like like their their like friend or like their partner or whoever it may be agrees with it. Where it's just like, okay, let's go to here, 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 and let's do this, this, this. And then we'll spend whatever, whatever, whatever. And most of the time, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, most of the time it's up to whoever they're talking to. Um, it's how you react to it as well. Because if someone does that to you, it depends on how you react and how you kind of approach the, the situation. Because if, if they're a bit too authoritative, then you just kind of you know, sit, sit, step back and be like, hey, that, that's a bit too much. Or like if, it, if, you, if you're okay with that kind of stuff, then you go along with it. But if it gets a little too much, then obviously you have to say something. Um, and to all the people out there who are in like relationships or friendships or whatever it may be, um, don't, don't be afraid to speak up about certain things. It's, 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 it's the way life goes. If you, if you have things you need to compromise on, you go do it. It's a very important thing. Otherwise you lose friends more that way. If you don't, if you don't like talk about it and compromise certain things, you, you lose friends or friendships, like relationships, whatever it may be, you know? discuss the problems because it's a very very important part uh of like this is the teamwork effort that you have to put together you know um me and you have discussed our our problems we've we've you know had our scuffles before we've mentioned this many times (laughs) uh but you know we, we we eventually sorted it out and now we're okay i mean i've had my scuffles with other people in general um i mean you've definitely had your scuffles as well um, yeah, so I think age is a big thing with that as well. I mean, because yeah, my, because it's usually like one person if they're like younger, it's like like what I'm doing isn't wrong and that. But yeah, age is a big thing that is in it as well, and that yeah, with with how a friendship can be and whether or not is it toxic or not. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. It's a very big part. Like age and maturity definitely plays a very big factor in this. Uh, it's not just in a friendship or relationship environment, but also like a team environment as well. When you're working with like coworkers or teammates or whatever it may be, um, you know, your behavior and your like mentality, your maturity, your age and your experience comes into very big factor here. Um, and it, it's, um, uh, very, very important to understand the the kind of friendship or relationship you may walk into or the team or the, the co-workers you may walk into and work with. And, you know, that, it's just a way of balancing everything to make it, you know, flow together. Because um, when you're young, obviously, everyone thinks they're correct. Everything, everyone thinks that they own the world and everything. I can definitely say I was one of those people. Um, I used to think I was the big shot of everything. I was going to, you know, make 
millions of dollars by age 10, whatever it may be. <laughs> well, obviously I have not. I'm doing a podcast at 19, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> hey, same here. <laughs> but that's just how life goes sometimes. You, you think you're doing one thing and then you're off to doing another one. It's just how it goes, you know? Um, I didn't think I'd be starting a podcast at 18, still doing it at 19. I didn't think I'd be sitting in my room talking to myself a lot of the time, to be fair, on a podcast about certain things, about sports, about, you know, whatever it might fucking be. Uh, especially swearing as well. I'm, I'm sorry to all the kids who are listening to this. I, I'm very concerned for the kids who listen to this, by the way. If they do, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't checked my age, like, you know, demographics yet. I haven't checked them in a while. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the cursing, by the way. I'm sorry if, like, your 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 mom or your dad's listening to this out loud on a Bluetooth speaker in your living room somewhere. I'm sorry. Oh no, all all good, all good. I've literally got my headphones plugged in, not not Bluetooth at all. So, well, I mean, the headphones are Bluetooth, but that because they're plugged in, it isn't uh, connected to Bluetooth yeah. technically. So, oh, I'm, I'm not just talking about you. I'm just talking about everyone in general who's listening to this shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but no, no need to worry on my end with that. Yeah, that, that's good. At least, at least I don't have to worry about that one. But like, you know, in in general, like, I'm I'm sorry if you listen to a lot of this shit and if it's like really depressing or whatever. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just how I was for a lot of years, a lot of years in high school. Um, but you know, my my friends and my my uh, my colleagues and my associates and the people I know really helped me get through all of that. But you know, let's move on. Let's get back to the you know the topic of the the hour. Um, but yeah, it's it's team team. Team mentality and teamwork is very important. Obviously, you have people who don't like working in teams. I've met a lot of them. I know a lot of people that don't like working with other people. And I fully understand that. It's like you, you want to do everything your way because you, you're comfortable with that. You know, uh, I used to hate working in teams. I used to like doing things on my own, um, especially for like school assignments and stuff. I hated working in teams. But then I did drama for two years and I eventually loved it. That's just how it goes. How did you find working in team, like in groups and teams and stuff in, in school? How did you find those? It honestly depended on like let's say with like a subject. It honestly depended on the subject, to be honest, because like French was a big exam is a big example of this where I didn't want to really do the games or be in groups. I just wanted to get the work done and be by myself. Right. And that, but I mean like PE was a good one with like groups and that because while you may not necessarily always be with people that you know, a likable, it worked a lot better because maybe there was like a lot more action, a lot more movement to it than compared to like yeah. being a group task in French. Because you don't right. always have to be with someone that you dislike, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, b- bigger quantity of people in like a PE class compared to the French class I was in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely understand that. Like, I-, I think both language classes, I think for year nine and 10 were very limited, I think. How many did you have in your class? Um, I can't necessarily remember off the top of my head, but it was, like, around maybe 10 to, like, 13. Yeah, like, my Japanese class had roughly the same. I think we had, like, 13, 15 at most. Yeah, um, you, you guys had you guys had the yeah. better class, to be honest. Our class was sick. <laughs> you got to go to a film festival. For yeah, we got to go to a film festival in the fucking city. We were lit bro we used to, we, we also used to watch movies and eat bentos for fucking lunch dude honestly like we were I'm, we were fucking lit bro i'm slightly like in a good like i'm slightly jealous because of the fact that like <laughs> french 
like we watched like a couple of movies and I mean they weren't bad movies but they were only like a couple of them and I mean we went on one excursion to Canberra where we spent more time on the bus so <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, our, our class was amazing we went to a film festival we got to watch a lot of anime movies and all that shit we got to watch so much we got to do a lot of shit that a lot of other classes didn't do and we used to just fuck around a lot we used to play a lot of cahoots as well remember everyone remember cahoots fucking hell that shit was lit in high school <laughs> but you know like we we got to do a lot and um i actually liked working in groups for japanese as well even though some of the people i don't talk to at all anymore um Japanese was fun because uh, it was something I, I I loved learning and enjoyed, you know, participating in. Um, and my class was amazing. Like even even though some of the people I didn't necessarily talk to a lot, um, it was still a fun class. Uh, but as you said, it definitely depended on the subject for me as well when it comes to working in groups and teams. Uh, PE, for example, I love working in groups no matter how annoying the people were in the class. Um, I just got along with it because I just love playing sports and it was fine for me. Um, whether it be netball, volleyball, basketball, tennis, badminton, uh, what else were there? Like, we even did golf at one point, I think. Did you do golf, Ryan? Um, don't think so. No? That may have been, like, a past thing. That may have been something that oh, you might have done in past, to be honest, yeah. because I never remember doing golf in PE. I remember doing, like, lacrosse. I don't remember doing lacrosse. I remember doing slide hockey though, like slide hockey. Oh yeah, that was so, that was so much fun. Slide hockey, like slide hockey was a lot of fun. Although whenever, it hurt my back a lot. <laughs> whenever like there were some lessons where it was like there wasn't like one specific thing that we would do in PE, it'd be like a lot of people on the other side and then called by a number, and then that that was, that was always fun. Those PE lessons when it was yeah. like that. That was good. I actually really liked slide hockey as well. And then uh, I, I think I did javelin as well. A little bit of javelin practice, I think, in my year seven or eight class, I think. Uh, cross country was annoying to me all the time, but uh, whatever. Um, obviously, did some, like, touch football or Oz tag or whatever, maybe, because it's very popular. And then uh, I, think that, I think that's really about it. I don't remember other sports. Uh, we did table tennis for a bit, uh, ping pong or whatever you call it. Um, was there anything else? Uh, a bit of cricket. I never liked cricket, though. Uh, I know you were never in one of my PE classes, but just there's just a funny moment where one of our friends, um, like, we were playing cricket and, like, they didn't, they didn't catch the ball properly or they did, oh, but then no. they... And I shouldn't oh. laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but I mean, like, it's one of those things. It's just like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's just funny no matter what. I mean, like, like you feel bad for them, but like obviously you feel bad for them, but it's still funny to laugh at. Yeah, just the the blood that was just like coming from his nose because it hit him really hard. Like, oh, that's rough, man. Yeah, I, I I believe I've got a story right when I say that because I mean, like. That's one of our friends that it occurred to, and it's just like, oh. I don't remember who it might have been, but I think I have an idea. 
but uh, I mean, I have a funny story from from past. Though. I think it was past. I think I was doing it, and um, I was playing, you know, indoor football, you know, indoor soccer like futsal. Um, and you know, it was like a casual five on five indoors in the in the gymnasium we have. And I was just playing, you know, casually, not doing too much because I had training that night as well. Um, and I had a game on the weekend, and so I didn't want to go too hard. I didn't want to do anything too extreme. So I was just playing casually for fun, you know. Um, I don't think I want to mention names. But <laughs> I think I've told this story multiple times to a lot of people as well. But I just remember uh, I was running along the side of the wall with the ball. Uh, so, you know, our walls in the gymnasium are brick, you know. Yep. Uh, and you remember those wooden, like, beams we would have on the side as well? Oh, yes. I remember those. Uh, so I was running, like, beside those. And then one of my classmates, who's much shorter than me, by the way, and is of the opposite gender. I'm not saying... I'm not discriminating against her. It's just a very unexpected thing. She was, like... She just came out of nowhere. She came from my blind spot and just ran straight into me. She got the ball, but I, I hit the ground. <laughs> um, it was very strange because I never expected someone like her to just run me over. Because I was considerably taller and probably weighed a bit more as well considering my stature. But I was put to the ground and she was completely fine. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> um, You've just triggered my memory on something, Ryan. You've actually just on. triggered my memory on something. Uh, here's a, here's a funny one that, a story that involved with me. Um, I can mention first names, right? Yeah. First names. Yeah. You remember Phoenix, obviously. Of course I do. Yeah. So we were playing PE, right? And, um, it was, uh, we were playing football and I was trying to like get the ball from him. Right. Right. And he, and this one, like Kiki did, he kicked it, got me right in the eye. Like, no joke, like, got me in the eye. Oh, my God. What and the I hell? Mean, and I mean, and I was like, ah. And people were saying, are you, like, are you all right? Do you need an ice pack? Do you need an ice pack? Well, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I was fine, but it was just like, he could have done it anywhere else. And he decided... Oh, um, like, okay, maybe, maybe he didn't do it on purpose, but there was just, he could have no, just No, there was not... no intention behind that. He just, I, I, I hate to mention this about Phoenix. Like, I, I, I used to be a good friend of his. But his, the, the way he plays football is reminiscent of like a toddler. He's got, yeah. and that's probably about it. I mean, to his credit, though, though he would put at least from my experiences with him, like he would put in a lot of like, would put a lot into what he does. But yeah, he was never necessarily the best. I'm I'm not saying I like, was the like, best, but I was I'd say I've been slightly better at least. I'm not saying I'm I, I'm not saying he didn't put in the hours. I'm not saying he didn't. He he put in the time and the hours. He even trained with me constantly. But after two years of development, I outplayed him. Like I don't want to be boastful, but like I outplayed him after two years of development. While he spent his entire like like lifetime playing that, you know. So it's like it's kind of disappointing. 
that he hasn't like the things I haven't seen any develop him f- development from him and like knowing from our other friends that he played on like he played with like in the school teams and even out of school as well he didn't perform great when it came to like moments or like when we needed him and so not saying he's a bad player he just didn't perform at certain moments that we needed him and maybe he's just not a clutch player maybe he's more of a role player and that's understandable I'm not a clutch player either I'm just a role player I just play my role um I mean, other memories of <laughs> PE sports, of team sports. I remember in basketball. Just remember, just because you know, most of the most of our year was like, especially some of the males were fairly short in stature. Yeah, and a lot of the females, unfortunately, were also fairly short in stature. Um, like they're they're still great people. Like a lot of them are still fantastic people, but a lot of them are still quite short in stature compared to like. Of most of the males, you know? Um, and so when we're playing basketball, it was like a five-on-five five in like SLR and Red Rub was looking at us and just being like, okay, let's pick teams and whatever. And then there was only like four tall dudes in that class. Um, and I was one of them. Like, David was okay, if you remember David. <laughs> He's fairly tall. Then you have like Brody and then you have like, uh, you remember JJ? Yes, I do. That 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 was the three, like that's the four of us, and I think there's like one more. I can't remember his name. Sorry, that's, I remember most of their names. I just I just can't picture who it is right now. Once I remember their face, I can definitely put a name to it. I just can't remember who they are. <laughs> but we're playing we're playing regular five on five, and I just remember because if if you don't know basketball, uh, basketball positions you normally have a point guard who's normally the shortest player on the team. And then you have your shooting guards, who's the second shortest, and then the small forward, the powerful, and your center. And it kind of goes height-wise, you know? Um, but our team kind of went the opposite way, <laughs> the way we lined up, at least. I played the point guard, and then I think JJ was on my team, and he played under the rim. And then we had everyone else kind of around the perimeter. And then I just remember just, like, looking at my opponent. Like, I can't remember their name as well. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. If you are listening to this, I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> um, I just remember looking at them. And it was, I think it was a female as well. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. And we just, I, I wasn't going to go hard or like serious or anything. I was just playing a bit of a fun because that's what it is anyways. Uh, but obviously Red Rub was marking us on our performance and our teamwork. And so I just kept on passing the ball and whatever. I'm not a very good shooter, by the way. Like even in all sports in general, I'm not a very good shooter. Um, that's why I don't play striker in football. <laughs> I don't have the speed. I don't have the size. I don't have the scoring ability. I don't have anything there. I That's why I play defense now. I take goal kicks, though. Which is, I guess, an interesting role. Have you ever played outside of striker, Ryan? Like, have you ever played any other positions? When I was in... When I was at my old primary school... I mean, I really wanted to. So it was you. Which I mean, it was. I was also playing like football outside of school, so it was like yeah. sort of like sort of a culture shock, where it was like, oh, like I really in the position that I'm like natural at, but I'm having yeah. to play center. But it ended up not being that bad because I actually didn't mind it, but it was just like a role that I was natural at. But it ended up being right. all right come the end of 
my time playing for my primary school. So did you make it to PWSA, like primary school sports? Like, did you make those teams? I never made a PWSA team. I I played PWSA from year three to year five. I was part of a winning team in the first year, which is... Oh, wow. Yeah, we were really good. Like, we had a really good coach. And that... So it worked out in itself. But yeah, every... The two other years after that um, were not so good. I wouldn't know. I never made a PWSA team. Um, I tried out for basketball. I tried out for football or soccer, whatever you call it. And um, I even tried out for touch. Um, I never made any of them. <laughs> I guess it was because I was I was fairly short in stature by then as well. I was uh, when I was in like, when I tried out for those three sports in those three years, I was hovering like one. 40 centimeters in height roughly i was fairly fairly short um one of the shortest guys in the in in the whole primary school i was at um and so it was, it was quite you know annoying for me to be one of the shortest ones there uh but then once i got to high school i even got i felt even shorter considering you know we had like joshua and like you know um uh, who else do we have Try to remember other tall guys. Where Brody, JJ, obviously they're fairly tall as well. Um, and then you have like, who else did we have in our year? We had just a lot of tall guys in our year as well. And I was just like, "Fuck, man, I'm gonna be so short." Um, and then towards the end, like years of high school for me at least, um, I was one of the taller guys in the school, and I was very surprised by it. It was a very big culture shock, uh, to me at least. I was actually shorter than you, I think, when I when we entered high school. I think. Yeah, and you ended up being taller. Yeah, I was I was really short when I was in high school, like when I first entered at least. I was one of the shortest kids there. Like I used to be shorter than, uh, I think Jason was one. I was shorter than. I used to be around the same height as Jai. Look at the difference now. <laughs> I used to be the same height as uh, James. Uh, both of them, technically speaking. Uh, I used to be shorter than a lot of every, like, basically everyone, uh, except Andre and Ollie. Remember those two? <laughs> yeah, those two were probably the only ones I was like confident I was taller than when entering high school. But then after that, I, I, I don't remember a lot of other people. To be fair, I was very short. To be fair, though, I was shorter than Phoenix. I was shorter than oh Talon. Talon was definitely much short. I was much shorter than him. Oh, pictures with like Talon. Like, honestly, makes it's, me look so short. Dude, when I take a picture with him, when I was doing my, like, uh, team photos for, for football and stuff, like, outside of school, I just remember standing next to him. I was like, I feel so fucking short looking next to you, man. Oh, man. And then I used to be the same height as Luca. Um, now we're both roughly the same height again and still, I think. Uh, it's fairly shorter than both Ethan's. Uh, now I'm taller than one of them. I don't know about the other one. I haven't checked. Um, but yeah, no, I, I used to be fairly short, and so I, I didn't. I wasn't very competitive in a lot of sports in general, and especially when my dad wanted me to play basketball. And entering high school, I was like five one, <laughs> so I was just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but you know, team sports a team sport, and eventually you'll fit in somehow. Um, 
you know, football is a sport where you do need a bit of height, but at the same time, if you're if you know your role and the way you play and you fit your play style to the to your stature and your height, you'll make it work, you know? Yeah. I mean like, look like, like look for example, you know how you have your Cristiano Ronaldo's like tall, good jump and whatever maybe, and then you have you you know, your Dan Daniel James from, from Man United, you know, he's fairly short in stature, but he's got a lot of fucking speed. So, you know, it just it just it just you just find the play style you play at and that's how it goes. And what were you gonna say? I was just going to say, like, with height, yeah, I mean, it it's an advantage and disadvantage for, like, a goalkeeper, for instance, because like, they don't have to, like, move as much high, but then it's harder to get down below. Yeah, and, like, you look at your lengthy goalkeepers, you know, they get to the corners, like, the top corners at least fairly well, but then when it gets to the bottom corners, it's a bit slower for them compared to some of the shorter keepers, you know? You know, one of the taller keepers in the in the in the world right now is Thibaut Courtois, and he he sometimes has a bit of a problem getting down to the ground fast. You know, compared to you know like a Kaylor Navas, who's a bit shorter in stature compared to a Thibaut Courtois, but he gets to the corners fairly well everywhere. Um, but there are also moments when he just gets you know beaten in height when he's trying to go for like a corner or something because of the his stature. So. It just depends on where you play and depends on how you play. Um, another good example is I, I ranted about him literally a few days ago, but this is in the NBA, so I don't think you know who this guy is, but here's Ben Simmons. Uh, he's an Australian basketballer. I don't know uh, who he, he plays, is. He plays point guard, but he's 6'10", and he doesn't shoot. <laughs> that is... I, like, I know basketball is filled with like, really tall people, but it still amazes me like hearing like someone's height in basketball, because that is so tall. Yeah, you have like six ten, seven threes, you know, seven foot three. I'm just like, fuck, man, how do you how do you feel so tall? And even like the shorter players in the league compared to like the centers, like they're still regular people size, dude. Like the shortest player to ever play was like five four or something. I can't remember the exact height. But then like the shortest current player that is still playing technically is like five nine. And that's still like it, he's it's short, but like still that's that's a comparable size to a lot of normal human beings. While you have like the 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 power forward onwards, it's like you got six fours and above minimum. I'm just like fuck, man. And like basketball is a very very height based game, but then also people play small ball, so you, you wouldn't understand any of the terms I'm talking about. But you know it is what it is. <laughs> like I haven't. I haven't... Yeah, I would. Say that I a lot of things about basketball, but I do know that is. I do know certain aspects of it. But yeah, and like have a full-on conversation with you about it. No, I, I fully understand that. That's fine. I haven't found a lot of people to have a full-on basketball conversation with. Anyways, I normally just talk about football, anyways, and how many you know choked away the Europa League. But you know that's how it is. Oh, um, yeah. uh, I I was ranting about that at tape for weeks and weeks. Literally, the week before the game, I talked to some of my classmates, and I was like, we're going to choke it. We're going to choke it. And um, they're just like, no, man, I had so much better than Villarreal. I was like, no, we're going to somehow choke it because that's how our season went. Um, and then literally the game happened the night before the, I went back to TAFE, and they were just like, and I literally walked up to them and was like, looks like I was right. Fucking choked in the fucking penalties, man. But anyways, moving on from Man United, but you know, 
I could have a rant about for like six hours about Man United and all the things I could correct and change in my perspective. But at the same time, I'm a 19-year-old kid who is not in an executive position at Man United. I am a guy who does a podcast and talks about shit the entire day. So, you know, <laughs> take it as you will. But I, th- I think we can come to the end of this. It's been an hour and then we have the half an hour earlier where we were struggling to get with the internet stuff. You know, it is what it is. I'm sorry to all the listeners if it sounds really bad. I'm sorry. That's just how it is sometimes. I'll try and get better quality next time, especially when I try and fix my fucking internet. Um, that's how it is. Thank you, Ryan, for joining me today. Yep. F- thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun, you know, talking about all different things. Catching up again. We, we need to talk a bit more, uh, but I've just been very busy, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. We, we, we do need to catch up as well. Yeah. Obviously, uh, maybe- when it's safe. Yeah, obviously when it's safe. Well, obviously when we can go outside, but you know. <laughs> uh, I need to catch up with some other people as well, but uh, hopefully I'll bring on some more guests next time. But thank you, Ryan, for joining me, and thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time. Also, no, yep. please do check out Ryan's podcast about uh, about his uh, Formula One stuff. Please do check that out. It is, it's wait, got some wait, good I stuff on there. I have to create you there. I have to create you there. F1, right. F2, F3. <laughs> F2, F3. So F2, it's... F3, no F1? I, actually, you know... Am I able to explain a bit of it? Like before You can plug all of it you want, mate. You can go ahead, right. put everything in there. So yeah, to anyone that's listened to this, um, I also have a podcast. It's called The Next Generation, an F2 and F3 podcast, which in the tile, it's about F2 and F3 with reviews and previews of the rounds and that. Yeah, it's currently got 11 episodes. Episodes available to listen to. You know, and more people that are able to listen to it, the better, because, you know, it's interesting the amount of countries that have listened to it at the moment in like the three months that episodes have been circulating on it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, check it out, you know, tell me what you think, you know, and if you enjoy it, hopefully you stay around for it. You know, please do go check it out. It is. It's a it's a product of my friend, and I really need uh, I really do support it, and so it, it's it's go it's good. So go listen to it. I'll be listening to it very very soon as well. Uh, probably straight after this once I'm starting to do my work, honestly. But please do go listen to it, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace. See ya.